0: Uh, the Bengals have certainly had a turnaround since the start of their season. Andrew Gillis covers the Bengals for Cleveland.com. We'll bring him in here on BetMGM tonight. And I want to start with that. Just The Bengals have now won five straight since the bye. But let's just go back to the beginning of the season when they were 0-2 and people are concerned about you know, a Super Bowl hangover and all that with Cincinnati. Well, clearly that's not the case. I understand they've got some injuries right now at wide receiver. But what has been the difference for this team from the start of the year to where they are now?
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at the first two games of the year, like you mentioned. That first game against the Steelers, it was just a comedy of errors. Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. You don't see Joe Burrow throw four interceptions in a game. You know, I look back going back to high school. I don't think he's ever done that. It was just a weird game. He was coming off an appendectomy. He hadn't played in the preseason. Four of his five starters in the offensive line had not played. They had, you know, they were new. Their offensive line had not played together all preseason long. It was just nothing really went right. Then that Dallas loss, you go down the Dallas and you lose there. That looks a little bit better than it did at the time. I know Cooper Rush was a starter there, but since that day, they've kind of evolved their offense. You know, I think that they were trying to run the ball you know almost too much. They were trying to get Joe Mixon involved and really kind of slow things down and really kind of make defenses come out of two high shells. Now they've basically said, Okay, we've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. We're just going to air it out. Uh, they run almost, they run pretty much exclusively their entire offense out of the shotgun. They've really just kind of honed in on what they do well, which is obviously get the ball to their uh, to their talented receivers. And I mean, it's worked. They've won five in a row. Um, you know, they lost on that bad Monday Night game to Cleveland, where they didn't have Jamar Chase and they were still kind of figuring things out. But they—they've really just kind of found out who they were. And once Joe Burrow has kind of figured out what their offense is going to be, which is pretty similar to the offense that he ran at LSU when they went ballistic in 2019, they've been really, really good.
2: Yeah, Andrew, those are all really good points because, I mean, I've uh, adopted the Bengals as my team because I'm a Packer fan and they stink. My only problem the last couple of years has been Zach Taylor, and you know they couldn't figure out the two-high shell, like you said, early on in the season. Also, I mean, I love what they're doing where you have the Joe Burrow offense. Like, Zach Taylor didn't realize you could run the ball from shotgun. It was if they were under center, you knew Joe Mixon was running the ball. Early downs were a nightmare. What would what grade would you give Zach Taylor this season? And were you as low on him as some people, You know, especially after that Super Bowl loss?
1: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I, I give Zach Taylor an A- at this point. Um, the only reason it's not higher is because you do have kind of those weird losses where you look at the schedule and you're like, man, wonder what this season looks like right now if you're able to beat the Steelers, a team who was just not very good, or beat Cooper Rush, like I said, or, you know, not – not lose by two on the road to Baltimore. You you can just kind of go down the line and and nitpick some things. But like you said, there were a lot of people who were kind of out on Zach Taylor and kind of said, oh, well, it's Joe Burrow, it's this, it's that, it's the other. They've adapted really well this season, and he deserves a lot of credit for that because, you know, if we're going to do this whole thing where, where fans are going to say, oh, well, the coach does this wrong, the coach does that wrong, we got to say when the coach does a lot of things right, and you, you're right. They've adjusted well throughout the year. You know, I look back to that Baltimore game on Sunday night football where, you know, they only scored 17 points. They lost, but they kind of figured out their running game out of the shotgun, and I think that that was kind of a nice little turning point for them uh, the next week in New Orleans, they kind of figured out that, okay, now we're going to add RPOs and we're going to add things to the offense. they just progressively added more and more things to their offense to make them more dynamic. And Zach Taylor deserves a heck of a lot of credit for that.
3: What do you think about this game against Tampa Bay? Because to me, it feels like there's got to be a lot of bulletin board material. Cincinnati's going to be raring to go. To me, I personally like the first half just because I like the key number and the Cincinnati Bengals have been 3-0 and against the spread in first halves in their last three, but also Tampa Bay has been really awful in terms of starting games. Just how do you think Tampa's going to try to attack Cincy and how much do the injuries uh, to key pieces on the Bengals affect this matchup?
1: Yeah, by the way, I love the first half, first quarter line that you mentioned there. Um, you know, the Bengals are one of the rare teams in the league where they like taking the ball first. They like starting with the ball because in those first two games that we were talking about earlier where they lost, they started on defense and they kind of thought that that forced them behind the eight ball a little bit. Now they like to start with the football. So pretty much every game, you can guarantee that they're going to have the ball first. Um, So I love that line. But yeah, I mean, this this is a weird week, I think. I mean, the NFL has a couple of these weird games every week where you look at it and you say, okay, well, clearly... You know, you got the Bengals five in a row. They're surging. I mean, the Buccaneers just lost thirty-five to seven to Brock Purdy. Like this is this is not a game where you look at and go, okay, well, clearly, you know, I, you know, I'm going to take the you know the Buccaneers because they're home. But I I have a sneaky suspicion about this one because the Buccaneers have a lot of injuries. Um, you know, they're uh, Antoine Winfield questionable, Tristan Wirfs questionable, Sean Murphy Bunting questionable. Uh, Julio Jones questionable. You can kind of go down the line. Vita Vea is not going to play. Carl Nassib is not going to play. You can go down the line with the with the Bucks' injuries, and they're pretty significant. But the Bengals kind of have some significant injuries of their own. Trey Hendrickson, you know, probably their best pure pass rusher, is out with a broken wrist. Mike Hilton, one of their slot corners, he's not going to play, and it looks like his backup is not going to play. So you've got you know you're probably going to have to play Dax Hill, who's a safety at your slot corner and your outside corner is cam taylor Britt and he's a rookie so you got tom brady going up against two rookie corners i mean i just that to me screams a matchup that brady's going to try to exploit um you know the bengals offensive line is playing really really well i did pick the bengals in this one i think the bucks are going to cover three and a half if that line goes down to three i would take the bengals but at three and a half just this gives me one of those it's just I have this weird feeling where it's gonna be a lot closer than people might think because yeah the Bucks are really hurt but the Bengals have some injuries too you don't know what I mean Tyler Boyd's finger his middle his left middle finger the bone was sticking out of his skin six days Oof. ago now Oof. he's gonna play receiver Oof. like I, that just you, you tape it up and you go but man <laughs> I don't know how he's gonna play uh, T. Higgins has a hamstring injury. One of their backup slot receivers has a hamstring injury. This is just kind of a, a team that is a little bit more banged up than, than you would think. So I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a pretty close one down in Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, Andrew, it's hard to catch a football when the bone was popping out of that finger a few days ago on the, one of those hands. So yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. Okay, so let's say Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins aren't out there. What does this offense look like, and who are some maybe names or people could look at? You know, on the props market that may step up and have bigger roles in their place.
1: Well, if – I mean, if those two guys aren't going to play, um, hammer Jamar Chase and Obviously, keep hammering yeah. Jamar yeah. Chase. Um, you know, last week when when they didn't have um, – when they didn't have T or, or Tyler Boyd, I mean, T, T, like T Higgins had to see, he joked he, he snuck onto the field for the second play of the game because he wanted to play, and they had to yank him off the field real quick. So Tyler Boyd hurt in the second play. What happened? Jamar Chase, 15 targets, 10 catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown – um, I, I really like – it. really, there, there's not a number that would scare me off unless you hit, like, I don't know, 12 catches and, like, 150 yards. I'm, I would really go hard on Jamar Chase if those two guys are not going to play. But it does look like they're going to. Um, so I, I would kind of keep that in mind and, and tread lightly there and just kind of monitor that, that injury status as inactives come out, and I guess that would be, like, 3 o'clock on Sunday. Um, but, Joe, I mean, you know, w- when you don't have Vita Vea, you're talking about an offense that is probably going to be able to run the ball. The off. Bengals offensive line is is playing better, I think, than they have all season long. So to me, Joe Mixon, I, I like that prop too. Um, you know, I think his over under was at like 58 yards. Um, so to me, I, I think the Bengals are going to be winning. They're winning in a lot of their games this year. Just kind of like I mentioned because of the, the you know they like to start with the ball early. So you know, to me. Mixon I-, I like his over um, you know they're pretty determined to get him the ball a lot so I mean y- you just kinda lean on old reliable if those two guys are gonna be hampered in any way and it's it's Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase
3: yeah 52 and a half is the number but I wanted to just sort of dovetail off of what Nick said about Joe Mixon's attempts because it's been all over the board like you've seen 14 attempts seven attempts 22 attempts 8 attempts 17 kind of a roller coaster if you had to guess high volume or low volume day for Joe Mixon?
1: <sighs> I would lean higher volume, um, but it's it dep- you know the high volume it's relative because at the beginning of the year, you know, they're handing him the ball 20 plus times a game. They're trying to get him the football and just really establish a run game, you know, like I mentioned they they were really just they were kind of lost a little bit when teams were running that cover 2. They couldn't get those big plays that everybody came to know and love them by last year's playoff run. Now they've kind of evolved a little bit. Like you said, one game you get, you know, Joe Mixon's going to get 17 carries and he's going to get eight touches out of the backfield. And then the next week they go down against Cleveland and he gets something like seven carries. That's just not – he's not been reliable in that regard. But I think this week they're going to they're gonna lean on Joe a little bit because, like I mentioned, Tyler Boyd, who knows what's going on with his finger. T. Higgins, he's still kind of coming back from a hamstring injury. So, to me, this, this just screams, you know, Joe Mixon, take his overs on attempts, take his overs on yards. Because, like I said, I, I think it's going to be close, but I think the Bengals are going to kind of have a steady lead throughout, and that just kind of lends itself to trying to run the ball as much as you can and burn some clock.
2: Andrew, I asked you about uh, Zach Taylor before, but I'm a big fan of uh, Lou Anarumo. I don't think there's a better uh, defensive coordinator at making halftime adjustments. You go back to those games against the Chiefs where he's dropping eight against Patrick Mahomes and Darren Andy Reid to run the ball. You think he gets a head coaching gig or at least some looks this offseason? You know, like, again, like how impressed have you been with him?
1: Yeah, well, so the, the head coaching question is interesting because he's never been a head coach before. And I think that that's kind of one of those things where you look around the league, and defensive coordinators that do a really good job are still not as attractive on the market as a guy who knows a guy who coached Patrick Mahomes or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's always yeah. kind of one of those things where the you know, what what do team owners want? What do GMs want? They want a guy. Okay, what can you do for our quarterback? What can you do to get this quarterback in here? So, you know, to me, I, the the head coaching thing is interesting. I would lean no at this point, but again, he's done such a good job. You have to consider it because look at the Bengals. Look at the Bengals depth chart. Like yeah. you look at the okay, Trey Hendrickson, pretty good. You know, like he he's a really really good pass rusher. Um, Sam Hubbard, really good all around defensive end, great run stopper. This that the other, and you go down the list. Logan Wilson, good middle linebacker. But there's you know DJ Reader playing at a Pro Bowl level on the D line. But there's not a guy that you look at and say he you know he erases mistakes. Of everybody else. You know, there's not a Jalen Ramsey where you can say, okay, we're going to put everybody else on the other half of the field because Jalen Ramsey is going to put everybody on lock on this side of the field. They don't have that elite level, all pro level, you know, offensive coordinators are terrified level player on their defense. And that's what's been most impressive to me. They play really sound football. They're really, really good in just in their system. They've all kind of played together for a few years. And, I mean, it's hard not to be impressed. Like you said, look at the teams that, you know, they allowed 10 points to the Cleveland Browns, a team that, you know, they they kind of let run all over them mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. You beat the Chiefs. You hold Derrick Henry kind of in check. Tennessee only scores 16 points. They, they've done some really, really good things defensively this year. And, and, like you said, Lou deserves a lot of credit for that.
2: No, that's a great point, though, because you look at everybody that's getting these jobs, they're OCs, it's Stefanski, and then you look at the defensive-minded guys, it's Brandon Staley, and then it ends up being a disaster as he brings along Joe Lombardi and they're ruining Justin Herbert's career.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tough look. All (laughs) right, got
2: about a minute left, real
0: quick. uh, Ravens are still the favorite at minus 135 to win the AFC North. Bengals are at plus 110, so they're creeping closer and closer. When this regular season wraps up, who's at the top of the division?
1: I still think Baltimore. Um, the, The Bengals have to go to Tampa Bay this week. Then they have a short week next week in New England. Then they come home and play the Bills on Monday Night Football. And then they have a short week at home again where they play the Ravens. And that game might mean everything. So when you look at the Ravens' schedule, I know they have a lot of quarterback concerns. I know that they're really injured still. But their schedule is just not super difficult. You play the Browns, the Falcons, the Steelers before you get to that game. It looks like if, if I believe if Baltimore wins one more division game, they're gonna win the AFC North tiebreaker. So the Bengals have to keep pace with them, and with the schedule they have, that's just really, really difficult. So I still lean Ravens, but that line of 110 is attractive. I do, I do like that. If it gets any higher, you know, I might be interested in, the, I might be interested in taking that.
0: Yeah, I like hearing that because I've got a uh, Ravens Eagles two-team parlay for a division winner, so I need both of them to win, so I'm going to have to root for the Ravens the rest of the way, though. I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I was on their bandwagon week one last year and what they did against the Vikings in overtime, and I said, something's different about this team, and clearly that's the case. Andrew Gillis covers the Bengals for Cleveland.com. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Really loved it. Thank you.